Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and joining me today is Nathan Doyle and Neve McGee from TheBigKickoff.com. Now, on the first weekend and the second weekend, we've had some cracking games. This weekend doesn't seem to be any different. And Nathan, with Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk kicking off and, and Tala on Friday night, it looks like this is going to be a cracker. It does, yeah. As you said, it's a full fixture ahead of us now. Full fixture ahead this weekend and a lot of interesting players. This one probably being the big marquee main event toy of the weekend. Obviously, a couple of weeks removed now from the President's Cup game between the two of them uh, a couple of weeks back where uh, Dundalk obviously won that one on penalty. So, Shamrock Rovers will be out looking for revenge. But, um, yes, on the President's Dundalk, they got off with a pretty difficult start, haven't they? We've seen the, um, they just about scraped the draw against Slidham and then they were pretty much, they, they were probably, well, they were being against Finn Hart, but Finn Hart are definitely uh, well-deserved winners on the night. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how we get on. Uh, going back to the President's Cup game, it was played at a really high tempo and fairness. That game was sort of looked at sometimes as still a bit of a friendly, but it was far from it. There was plenty of fighting tackles gone into it. So yeah, if I'm looking at this one, you'd probably really expect the same, wouldn't you? You'd expect a high tempo, a good tempo, plenty of fighting tackles. Uh, these are two sides that you still expect to be up there um, come the end of the season. But both of them still looking for the fourth win, so it'd be really interesting to see how this one plays out. Yeah, Neve Dundalk can't afford to lose this one, can they? That's the thing. Like they're obviously one of the bigger teams that probably were expecting to be up the top of the league. I know it's only early days yet, but I mean they're both looking for their first win, like Nathan said. But they want to just create that bit of dominance and show that they can win. And I suppose losing to Finn Harps didn't exactly look great on that behalf for them. So I think they put a lot of drive into this, and I think because of that, it'll be quite a feisty game as well. I can see a lot of cards being given away more than the President's Cup between them same two teams but it'll be a very tight game I think because of that reason they're both looking for the win uh, A healthy rivalry that's going on there Neve I'll stick with you because your Sligo are away to Longford I suppose for the fans they're looking to see a, a really they're looking to see a victory again because this is a team that they'd be expecting to beat but Longford are up there as well yeah, we'd be expecting a win, like I said, we'd be hoping for one as well. But then again, Longford have had some impressive games there, and even just winning Derry City, things like that. I think we would go out with a watchful eye as well, because, as you know, you can't take your eyes off a team like them either. But I suppose we'd be hoping for the win, but you just can't tell. It's so early on as well. Um, but I, I can see Longford coming forward, but whether or not our defences can stick that or not is, is what we'll see, I suppose. Nathan... Longford have, I wouldn't say surprised everyone, but they've made a start that maybe was unexpected. Yeah, well, they surprised me, in fairness. Um, they, they had Derry City in their opening game. I thought, I thought they got a draw out of that game. Uh, originally, it would have been a good result. And to be honest, I didn't expect them to get anything out of Derry Mount Park. And then when they went 2-0 down, I thought well, that was that then, you know. But in fairness, I'm an absolute cracking comeback. Uh, Connor Day was coming on for, for the second half. And, and that's when talk about an impact to a right. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant uh, two goals to, to, to earn a point for each side uh, going back to um, yeah look results wise for this game I think probably three weeks ago before the start of the season looking on paper I probably would have fancied Sligo to, uh, to win it well enough but we're going at both the start of both sides obviously two of them two sides are out to a cracking start um, Longford more probably results wise and Sligo probably more performance wise but I think if you've I know it was only one goal against Warford, so I conceded, but he was pretty shaky at the back, you know. Um, 
couple of times even across was coming in McGinty still looked a little bit hesitant uh, mm-hmm. for the goal itself it, they were it was pretty poor defensively you know it was a bad shape and uh, Morhan let his man go uh, King Cabinet go very easily so I think if Longford can capitalise on that it, it could be opportunity for them to get goals like both sides do play a similar attacking style you have a lot of emphasis out wide you know just get the ball out wide and deliver crosses in so yeah, I think if Long- Longford can uh, can stick with that plan, that there's definitely chance for them. Top of the table, Finn Harps play Drogheda, and this is a, a great opportunity again to to take advantage of that great start. It'd be disappointing for Finn Harps and Ollie Horgan now if they were to go and lose against Drogheda after their their early results. So this is one that maybe there's a little bit of pressure on them because probably they're expected to do something now. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, they want to keep up the good run and good results. And just because the top of the table this early on doesn't mean that they're exactly going to stay there. So they're probably going to just try and prove to their supporters and to the other teams that they actually can win and win and win successively, you know. But Drada, like I, we were talking about it there the other week, they're threatening as well. And they've been playing more impressive than I thought. Uh, so again, they like to go on the counter as well. They're quite good at taking in crosses. You know, they can be quite risky that way. So... Look, I'd say uh, Finn Harps will be looking to make sure that they don't score at all, they don't concede at all, um, and that they just stay with a win to nil. I'd say that's what they're hoping for. But uh, look, I think that the success of wins is something that they're looking for, so they'd be really hoping to push through that and hoping not to succeed. Yeah, I think Ali Horgan. You also, also have, um, sorry, Roy, but you should say, you also have an Invincibles um, reputation of Paul now, don't you? Two games in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You never know, we could have two invincible seasons back to back. Is it Victor Rouge to say? Did they only have to win 18 ga- <laughs> or not get beaten in 18 games, Nathan? Is that it? No. No, no, this, this is no messing about, Roy. This is Patrick <laughs> Coleman, uh, unbeaten season I want here. I want the whole coach today. Not, not this Mickey Mouse 18. So we want the Invincibles, we want Champions League football and Bally Buffet, and who knows, we might even want Ollie Hogg and for Ireland. Ollie for hashtag Ollie for Ireland. Ooh, okay, <laughs> maybe a bit early for that, but I tell no, you what, no, I tell you no, what, no, if no. if they're up there at the end of the season, that might be something. <laughs> Nathan Derry City and Waterford. We've seen Waterford on a couple of occasions. They're they're okay. That's it. They're, they're, there's nothing special about them at the moment. They haven't gelled yet, so it'd be interesting to see when they do start gelling. Have they got something about them? But Derry City have had plenty of time to gel, and they're not. No, they're not. I, I know they're only um, only one game into the season. They were obviously wasn't in action a lot the weekend, just gone. But plenty of time. Like I know what you mean. Like in terms of training and pre-season friendlies and stuff like that. But yeah, they were really, really poor against Longford. Going back to the opening day of the season, it was a very surprising result. And again, look, it wasn't a smash and grab. This this is a well-deserved uh, team of the win by Longford on the night. So yeah, we are definitely going to have to up that game here. I know they did lose a lot of players in the off season and a lot of important players at Tier. You know. Well, they, they should be looking at this one and not quietly confident, you know, but they, they should be looking at an opportunity to, to get their three points off the board here, you know. Um, playing the first home game of the season, looking at Waterford, you can see the four goals already. Kerry City have the likes of Parkhouse, Akintunde, uh, William Fitzgerald, uh, Will Patchen, and even the young lad Patrick Ferry on the bench. Plenty of lads uh, in that list there that can't score goals, and even a young lad like Patrick Ferry that has a... Uh, as the potential according to guys at the club like Declan Devoyne and uh, Paddy McCourt so they could be looking at this one and looking at the amount of goals Waterford has already completed and they might be looking to like to get off the off the mark now with three points but it will be a difficult game you know because like I said they were really really poor against Longford yeah Nave same Pats against Bowes um, 
it's in daily mount. Who would you who would you feel has the the, the better case here of, of winning this game? Bowles hasn't haven't made a great start. St. Pat's have made a relatively good start. Yeah, like in terms of scorelines, Bowles haven't been doing brilliant. And even in performance, I think they've lacked a bit compared to the last season. Uh, so look, I think St. Pat's looked more dominant, even regarding possession and like I said, scores as well. But I think St. Pat's will dominate, but it won't exactly be easy for them. Uh, but I think, again, yeah, St. Pat's will probably take that game uh, quite easily. Okay. Should they be winning this game? Or you'd be happy enough with the draw because Bowes yeah. are, are a decent side still. They just, they just haven't performed just yet. Yeah, fair play, Nave. But I'd love to have your optimism, I must say. Um, look, in fairness, Pat has looked good this season. I thought really impressed me against, against Strada. Um, there was a lot of lot of possession uh, play. They, they dominated a lot of possession, but not much end product in the first half. But it was a big change in the second half, I thought, especially when they moved Ronan Coffin uh, from a central striker out wide. You could already see he was much more comfortable out there, much more willing and open to get on the ball. The likes of Chris Forrester and Jamie Lennon both have been impressing me this season with their fitness and just with a general pass in the play and a general just game IQ and, and, and picking up the pockets and winning the ball in key areas. But yeah, look, uh, Pats have had a horrendous record against Bowers in recent years. They lost, I think, something like the last nine meetings against them and four of those defeats coming daily down Park. So the omens aren't really in the favour of St. Pats, but I'd, even as, as a fan myself, I'd still take a draw, you know, I'd still see that as a good start to the season. A draw against a two Dublin rivals against Shamrock Rovers and Bohemians and then picking up a win against Jordan. Yeah, first three games. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, first division on Friday night has majority of their games five five games and uh, four games. Sorry, on Friday night and one on the Saturday night. Cabin Teeley versus Cork Treaty United against Wexford, which is going to be a really interesting one now because uh, you're you're expecting the two of these to be you know confident that they can get a win in this one at Lone Galway Shells and Bray and then it's Cove and UCD Neve, what stands out for you? I think the Galway match particularly be quite an interesting one just to see how Galway are playing they've kind of been mixed in the performance lately but they're probably expecting an easy enough win there uh, but that'll just be an interesting match to say as well how they blew because they have had a few signees as well and they're performing quite well this season. I think they're expecting to kind of fly up the table as well. So that's the match that stands out to me uh, this weekend. Nathan, Shells and Bray, um, probably, a bi- probably a big one there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was probably the one. One of them, like you said, um, the Wexford Street United game be interesting, but this is probably the one that I've had my eye on as soon as I've seen the Fisher list. Um, yeah, look, difficult start for Shelburne. You know, Fisher list boys uh, playing Galway and Bray Wanderers in their opening two games. You'd expect them three to be in and around the title picture come the end of the season. So it was a difficult start for them. Um, in terms of Bray, I actually watched a game uh, against Treat United on Sunday. I did the bullet and got the L L O I T V just to fill up me. More, any more we time that I didn't have watching football, I said I better fill it up. Um, and really, it was actually hard to get a gauge on the Bray team. Um, we were talking to Harry Kenny Roy over on the YouTube channel and he said it was 90 minutes of his life that he couldn't get back and I couldn't agree more with the man's analysis. I think it was pitch perfect of the game. I hate talking about conditions, you know, blaming conditions and stuff like that on bad games. But if you're talking about a place like Bray, that's always going to come into consideration and, and the win just made an absolute non-factor out of it. So, yeah, it was a shame to see that because I was, I was really excited to see how Bray was going on. I thought he'd be treated United handy enough. I, I had him down as a banker um, last weekend. But, just wasn't to be and same with Shelburne look difficult game against Galway away Galway are going to be an absolute nightmare for the breakdown they're going to be 
probably I'd expect him to be the defend, most defensively sound side in the fourth division this season. And while Shells have a lot of attacking talent going forward, he just really struggled to break down Galway. And it wouldn't have been the most entertaining game to watch if, uh, if it was going off the highlights. Um, yeah, so look, both we want to get their fourth win uh, and their fourth goal um, this season. But it's going to be a difficult game. I think if you're looking at both of them, how they performed in the opening week, another draw could be on the table. Sounds boring, but I just, but yeah, I think it's difficult. And I think, in fairness to Shells, they, they'd probably take that, you know, yeah, a draw against Galway and against Gray in the opening two games and these can move on and they will have more winning games coming up and defend themselves against other sides. Yep, and don't be uh, afraid to join us on the Big Kickoff Sports Bar, LOI Sports Bar on Friday night. You can see us on Twitter, Facebook and of course on YouTube. So uh, click subscribe so you know what's coming out uh, every week. Okay, Air, Air Sport looks like they're gone. Uh, who's looking to take over? Yes, interesting one this and it's probably a good one for League of Ireland fans. Uh, Premier Sports are apparently in talks with the FBI about screaming, uh, screaming, hope not, stream, streaming live uh, League of Ireland games this season. Like I said, um, Air Sports now out of picture, uh, RTE and watch League of Ireland until they'll be showing games up until June. Um, of just uncertainty then about um, watch League of Ireland, what will happen there, we're not, not too sure. It's going to be up and renewed in June, but RTE feel it's un- unsustainable to commit to a full season in the League of Ireland. We, uh, especially with the Euros and the Olympics both coming up this summer. So it's, it's, it's looking more likely that we're going to have to look elsewhere um, for a League of Ireland fix. Uh, come June, looks like that, watch League of Ireland down the window. Yeah, you never know. Premier Talks are in, uh, sorry, Premier Sports are in, uh, hopefully looking to, to get the games uh, later into the summer. And yeah, it could be a good one to see. Um, obviously, look, Air Sports always had a good, uh, a good, a good standard of, of games and they always, I always thought the coverage on their sports is very good and yeah we'll be hopeful for the same with Premier Sports just someone to come in and to, uh, to rival RTE and, and to have you push them a little bit because it's badly needed isn't it at this stage yeah Niamh we need someone to come in and make the League of Ireland their own and Premier Sports this is this is a, probably a great opportunity for first of all for their station if they make this their own and, and, and they do that little bit of razzmatazz and have you know have all that sort of the, the the production right that they could make something out of this and again it's so important because the more that the, someone like them RTE haven't really done that the more that someone does do it it's going to be better for the league because people are going to start watching the games and then if people start watching the games then people will eventually go to the games and if people go to the games it just gets bigger and better so this Premier Sports thing Niamh, could be important it could be really important yeah, it is, and they're a very experienced broadcaster as well. They you know they've managed to, to stream some of the biggest leagues in the world. So I think with RT kind of in the dark, we need someone like that to come along and professionalise the league. And like you said, if it's done well and the streaming's reliable, it's going to draw people in. It's going to spark interest, and then when things do open up, they're going to want to come and see it in real life, face to face. So I think it's it's a big uh, part in the whole promotion idea of the, the league as well. But they bring a lot of experience with them. You know, the likes of Watch Why was kind of set up mid-league, mid-COVID, it didn't have any experience, it was basically brand new. But someone like these coming along, you know, they have so much experience to bring and I do think they will professionalise the league streams in that way as well. Yeah, here's hoping. Um, but yeah, I think it looks good. Like I said, it's, it's, just, it's badly needed for someone to come in and to 
to just have a, have a bit of a go at, at RTE. Uh, yeah, we're talking about Watch League of Ireland actually. What's his make for this season? Do you think there's been much improvement? Because I haven't really seen an awful lot, I have to say. Um, no, I actually was watching the the game on Friday night. What game was the, the last game on Friday night? Sligo, was it? No. Yeah, Sligo and Sligo and Waterford, was it? We were on yeah, RTE, yeah. Yes, so I was watching that yeah. game and... I had replays on it and I was like oh they, they've got replays on it and then I realised it was yeah. on RTE <laughs> and it was being fed through RTE so yeah that I, I kind of got excited oh, they're, they're developing it here but they haven't uh, so any other games we haven't seen any replays which is a real pain in the hole really in all fairness because yeah. when you've seen something and you want to see oh, oh, oh what way did he do that or oh my god did, 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 did he get taken down or you know you're not seeing anything at all it's just I, I, I suppose like you're at a game and I suppose if you're at a game you're not going to get them replays but when you're at home you kind of expect that little bit more and so is it any different um, co-commentators do help yeah. I think that's it isn't it yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the big one, yeah. It's the idea. The cold commentators are the only major change for me. Uh, like I said, I, I got that LOI TV in, and from what, I've only been watched the one game, and I thought it was enjoyable. I thought it was uh, nearly a, a better standard uh, than the Watch League of Ireland. I was reading that a lot of people were having issues with it in terms of the Cork City and Cole Ramblers game, but yeah, I thought the cameras were, were, were pretty good. Uh, there's a lot of better options even for zooming in, zooming out. They seem to follow the ball as well with a bit more um, bit more fluidity. I know sometimes I'd be watching the Watch League of Ireland games. I didn't get seasick when, when a goalkeeper takes a kick out. There's a lot of chopping and it's just the speed of it is, is very strange. Mm. Um, yeah, and as well, I've I seen that the, uh, the, a lot of Premier uh, prem Division grounds were fitted in with this new uh, Texalos system, which is a similar AI tech uh, system that, that the LOI TV uh, uses. So, that could be another thing that it could be replacing the RTE cameras uh, after June. So who knows? It could be something we, we could be seeing in the Premier Division uh, quite soon. Yeah, well, I'll still be hoping out for Premier Sports to step in and, and, and save us all. So um, we'll see what way that works out. Again, Nathan, on Nathan Garside, he got called up for the Northern Irish international team, hoping to make his debut. And what happened? Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he was called up for the most recent uh, World Cup qualifiers against Italy and uh, Bulgaria. The Bulgaria game actually going on now as, as we speak. But unfortunately, he, uh, he didn't travel to Italy uh, for the opening tie in, in Parma against Italy due to what was down as medical reasons. Now, just a little, so it was a little bit of a, of a back tail uh, in 2016. I believe it was at Watford. And it, it told, he was diagnosed with um, a pretty serious uh, heart condition. It was like an inflammation of the heart. So anyone that that would have known that and seen the medical condition, or sorry, yeah, the medical grounds reason why he couldn't travel, it's pretty worrying for for a stage, you know. And but eventually came out that it was more so due to uh, an admin error on on the side of the ISA. Um, it was believed that uh, the medication that Nathan Garstoid uses uh, for his heart condition wasn't declared uh, to UEFA in time, which needs to be declared just due to the UEFA protocol and. Obviously, things like drug testing and stuff like that, these medications need to be known that the players are taking them. Uh, that was actually confirmed by both Derry City and the OFA that uh, that was the reason why he couldn't play in the two World Cup qualifying games against Italy and Bulgaria and in a friendly game uh, against the USA on Sunday in Windsor Park. And in fairness, even the USA game would, would have been a likely match that he would have got his, uh, his international debut. So, yes, it's pretty... Um, 
it must be a pretty uh, heartbreaking one for the guy. You know, we from the big season ahead for him, he's expected to step up as uh, Derby City's number one goalkeeper now that Peter Cherry has left and went to Dundalk. He was uh, somewhat surprisingly in fairness called up to the Northern Ireland squad. So, yeah, it'd be an annoying, uh, annoying situation for him, especially the fact that it wasn't down to his performances of an injury. That uh, this is all down to uh, what's been called as an admin oversight, which is never uh, obviously an ideal uh, reason not to be playing games. But thankfully, look, everything seems to be all right. Like I said, it's a bit worrying when you know the lad's uh, medical background and, and you hear these things. But yeah, he's back in training uh, with his Derry City teammates ahead of the Waterford game on the weekend. Yeah, and I believe that he, you're supposed to declare. Uh, I suppose how your health is and your tablets that you're on every single year to UEFA so it's something that they definitely won't forget the next time well you would <laughs> you would hope they wouldn't forget again because that would uh, that would annoy the hell out of you wouldn't it okay I asked a question online the other day if your team could have one player from any other Premier or First Division team who would you take now Nathan you said Yo-Yo Maddy so I'll come back to you on that one, right? Neve, who would Sligo take? Who would you take for Sligo if you could take one player? Well, that's a tough question. Um, God, let me think. I like Maskell. I think he's a... I, I just love yeah. seeing him play on the field, his performance. If you look at his feet, like he's such a skilled player. I just think we could do with him in the mix as well. But I'd probably need to think out for that a bit longer. We could probably do with somebody in centre-back position as well. But... I think Maskell brings that spark. He's brilliant at doing corners or crosses as well. So we always do quite well in corners. And, you know, when everyone's in the front box, we usually do tend to score off corners and crosses in like that. So he'd be the one I'd I'd pick just off the top of my head now. Okay, I'll put you under fierce pressure there. Nathan, why did you pick <laughs> Yo-Yo Matty? Yeah, look, um, I realised even listening back to you when we were doing a Premier Division, Division preview, I must have said that so they're looking for a, a, a natural goal scorer. It's like an ungodly amount of time. So listen to yourself like, Jesus, man, make a different point. But yeah, look, it, it does, it's sort of, that's what the league is missing. That's what a lot of players, a lot of sides are trying out for. Is, um, is, is a natural goal scorer and that's just something that not many are, are having this season. And just for me, you know, with his record last year in the fourth division, God, look, I know you can say it's the fourth division and it's a different step up coming up to the Premier Division, but it speaks for itself, you know. We finished up as the uh, the top goal scorer last year in the fourth division and he's still only 23, you know. He's still relatively young and he's, even away from the goals, he's an exciting player, you know. He's quick feet, plenty of pace, uh, absolutely excellent finisher, as we know. And I just think he could have slotted into that same pass side well. I think UCD and same pass uh, over the years do tend to play a uh, somewhat similar style of play and I think it would have sorted in very uh, seamlessly actually into the past team so yeah that was the reason why why um, I did go for it now in hindsight uh, unlike me but I did have a lot of uh, time to think about it I just seen it was on Facebook so <laughs> yeah so I, I did I, I did have that pleasure to, to sort of think about it I, 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 I typed out a couple of other names and swiftly deleted them but yeah that was the uh, Yo-Yo Maddy was the one that I ultimately came to and yeah I'm happy to stand by it I have to say Okay, Nave, if you think of someone by the end of it that you, you want to you swap out, we'll give you one swap at the end of the show, okay? Uh, Nathan, fans, questions? Yeah, we do. Um, just a warning this week. Um, it was a, it's a good one. It's, uh, it's certainly an, an interesting take, I have to say. Um, yeah, look, obviously, if you want to send any of fan questions, get in touch uh, with the big kickoff on any of our social media platforms. We love to read them, we love to get them in, and we love to spark a debate, and we're certainly hoping this one does. Um, it was sent in by Dan Kerwin. Uh, so, obviously, we've harped on a lot 
about uh, Stephen Kenny on the Jordan squad over the past uh, the past week, which has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and one thing we, we have said, I'm, I'm sure a lot of us can agree, is even away from the goal scoring, the big thing we're missing is the creative spark in the middle. So Dan wants to know is, uh, could you see uh, Wes Houlihan coming out of retirement to be the creative spark that the Ireland squad needs at the moment? No is the answer, because I just don't see, I think he's too far gone, as in, I can't see Stephen Kenny picking it. What is he now, 38, is he? I can't just can't see him picking him. But if there was a situation where Wes Hoolan was walking around the pitch during one of the games against Serbia or Luxembourg and you were allowed to tag on anyone you wanted, I'm fairly sure he would have dragged him in right on the spot at that very moment because he probably, do you know what, he probably would do a bit of a job for a bit at a time, but I just couldn't see him being in the squad, if you know what I mean. Nave, what do you think? Yeah, look, hypothetically, I don't think it would happen, but hypothetically, he obviously would bring that brilliant spark. He's very good at connecting play, uh, linkage, things like that. And often, like just looking at the last few games with the national team there, the ball gets into the centre field and then it kind of gets lost or it gets sent back. While I think what he would do is help link up those passes and help move it up to the forward. So he just create that opportunity and provide those assists. So yeah, hypothetically, it would be great deal, but I, I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, let's just hope Wes has a couple of uh, kids running around that's ready to, to take over. Nathan, what do you reckon? Yeah, I even thought back in uh, Euro 2016, we, we missed the boat on Wes Hillahan a little bit. It was very frustrating under Trapatoni, you know, you could see this guy playing week in, week out, and, and the talent was very evident to anybody. And he just wasn't getting picked for the Ireland squad, so he always will. We thought, not one that got away, because we did get the same in, in the famous green jersey, but He's always one that I feel that could have done more for Ireland and not down to him, it was just down to him to coming into the fold very late into his career on a consistent basis. So, yeah, but you can see the, the, the man's talent is very evident. He's 48 years of old and he's absolutely killing it now in Cambridge. Look, I know people will say, oh, it's only League 2, but he still has to do it. He still has to perform on a weekly basis and he, he's coming out as not only one of Cambridge's best players, but one of the best players in the league as a whole. And to say he's doing that at 48 years of age is absolutely brilliant. Like, I've always been a massive fan. Like, every, like it seemed to everybody in the country has uh, been a massive fan of watching the West Hillerham play. Uh, yeah, Nave summed, summed him up perfectly. His link-up play is absolutely excellent. His uh, vision of passing and range of passing is superb. And, yeah, it, it, he'll always be the one that I look back on. And it's a little bit of just wonder how would he have got on if, if he came into the fall on a more regular basis at a younger age. Yeah, I think if Stephen Kenny was the manager when Trapattoni was there and when Martin O'Neill was there he definitely would have been playing week in week out uh, guaranteed there wouldn't have been even a thought about uh, who was playing where they're playing anything like that so yeah unfortunately for him he was playing under the wrong managers and uh, unfortunately for him I just I think 38 has probably just gone too far although he is with Cambridge playing out of his skin so if someone from the League of Ireland can play could Wes Hoolahan play maybe maybe I don't know maybe he's, he, could he be worth a place in the squad for the last 20 minutes 25 minutes maybe he has the brain for it so um, I suppose it's not a no but I, d- I doubt you, you'd get the, you wouldn't be getting a full 90 from him anyhow I think um, ok uh, Neve, do you want to finish off did you think of anyone else or are you happy with Masco <laughs> I'm happy enough with him at the minute because it will take me a few days now to solidify because I think we look quite good going ahead. So uh, it'll take me quite a while to go through that. I'm happy enough with Masculine. <laughs> we'll get back to you next <laughs> week. <so. laughs> there, there actually was yeah, a lot of uh, 
there was a lot of confidence Sligo fans on the post Roy, wasn't there? I was reading some of the oh, comments yeah. and there was there was a lot of oh no, we're paired because we don't have to change the team. <laughs> yeah, no, they were, they were. There was a lot of confidence there from the Sligo people, you know. Um, I, I, I enjoyed the one where it was uh, Sean McRover's fan, uh, Pat Hoobin, just so I can get closer to him to give him abuse. So that, I thought that was a good one. Um, but anyhow, listen, we'll leave that there. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube. We had the big kickoff League of Ireland show and there's some interviews there and of course the sports bar is there. So join us uh, every Friday night we'll be after the games. We'll be there. So come and join us. Send on your comments. Uh, you can join us on the show as well. It's just one click of a button and you'll join us and you can put your point across. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>